everybody. Welcome to For the Record. This is episode number 134 being released on Friday, May 17th, 2019. Again, thank you to everyone who's been supporting the new format change and for all of your kind words. I'm really hoping to implement some of the more of these new changes in the coming weeks and in the coming months, so I'm, I'm so excited for everybody to hear. I'm going to keep this pretty short today, so on with the show. For a band that comes out of New Jersey, the Vaughns have nearly perfected the upbeat indie sound that would fit in perfectly here on the California Pacific Coast. Having all known each other throughout their small town in the Garden State, members David Cacciatore, Anna Lise, Ryan Kenter, and Tom Lazito inevitably came together after years of knowing each other from school, jobs, and music, and started to play music in Ryan's garage, music that would turn into the project that we hear now. This is 50%, one of the lead singles that comes from the Vaughn's debut album, FOMO, or Fear of Missing Out, which was released everywhere last Friday. Remarked in a press release by vocalist Anna Lies as an album that is, quote, about the transition period between exiting college and entering adulthood. You can hear their growing pains throughout these 11 songs. Not the growing pains as musicians, but as people entering the next stage of their lives and truly trying to figure out how to navigate things. Just a few weeks ago, I spoke with David and Ryan about the making of the album, how the band came together, and what their debut album represents thematically. Um, so you guys are calling, or I'm calling you, uh, and you're in New Jersey right now, correct? Yep. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So yeah, you got your day is just wrapping up. So that's. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's right. You're in. I completely forgot. You're in San Francisco. Yeah, I'm in. I'm near. I'm like between San Francisco and Oakland. Like I kind of bounce okay. back between both cities. But yeah, it, and it kept. I mean, as I was driving back, I was like, "Crap, they're like on they're on the East Coast now, so this is like late for them. So the later this goes, no, it's gonna take forever." Um, uh, so yeah, that was, that's kind of where I was at. But nice. What? Is it like four, almost five over there? Right? That's only three hours. Right? Yeah, we're three hours ahead, so it's about um, it's almost five o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess uh, the first thing is first. Um, it doesn't come out until May 10th, but con- huge congratulations on the upcoming release of FOMO. Um, it's a debut full length is a huge accomplishment as a band. So huge congratulations. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> yeah, super- no, no. Yeah. I was just saying that like, we're super excited about putting it out finally. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, I guess I gotta, uh, given that you guys are a newer act, and you're coming together generally with this interview and with uh, this podcast. I know that it was you put out an EP in 2015, and you're I guess newer more to like uh, I guess more of a national audience in that sense. But um, how did you I guess how did you guys initially come together? And um, I guess to go back a little bit, um, what events kind of led to the band forming and that first 2015 EP and how you guys progressed to the release of FOMO now, uh, like four years later. Dave, you um, want to start? No, no. Um, yeah, sure. So it was funny. Like, uh, we all went to high school together at one point, but like the four of us weren't like all friends. <laughs> um, I've been friends with, or like, uh, I've been family friends with Ryan for a while. 
um, you know, his family would come to my pizzeria that my family used to own. And so I knew Ryan through that. Um, I actually knew Tom through playing um, at a local bar. We would just like um, yeah. play a lot of covers over there and just jam. And then Anna I met at a talent show one time that she uh, actually beat me at. <laughs> and, um, but then like, I remember it was early 2014 around that time. Um, I was in mm-hmm. another band and so was Tom. And conveniently um, our bands like ended at the same time. <laughs> and so Tom hit me up and he was just like, uh, yo, do you want to jam with me and Ryan? Cause I guess Ryan had come up and I was like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, I'm down. And I, Cause I've known both of them. And so we were jamming, that was fun. And then eventually our friend brought Anna to jam with us. And so that added definitely like a whole new element with her uh, voice and like her ideas as well. And so we had like a couple songs brewing. We put up the first EP and that was a huge accomplishment. And then we busted our asses and then went back in the studio and like really focused a lot more on like the songwriting process and like how we, what we want to do to the songs to make them more interesting. Um, and also just like, like not think about it too much just like vibe it out type thing and that's where we're at right now at FOMO nice well so when you guys given there was that period between Tom Foolery and the album um you'd released Santa Cruz and Coffee Sunday both as individual singles were those songs made in mind as oh this is going to be on the album and this is just part of it we're going to release it and just stagger it over a period of time or was that just were those just two standalone singles that you ended up just putting on the album the Tom, did you want to do that one uh yeah sure yeah those um those were yeah we initially planned those to be just kind of like singles and we we also had bring your kids to work day which we made a video for last year um, actually the same date as today. So it was exactly the year because today's bring your kids to work day. So those three <laughs> singles have uh, been out for the past two years and we've kind of, the songs were definitely very strong and they're definitely like uh, crowd pleasers when we, we would play in New York and New Jersey around. So um, in, in making the album, the vibe also fit because we also recorded the other songs the same way at the same studio with the same producer and so although they've been out um for i guess the tri-state area to enjoy for the past like year or two we we definitely wanted to include them in the album because it was kind of like a wrap on the past you know two years as us as a band and i think they really um they define our sound too so we included them what was the um I, I was curious on the topic of the album itself the the in the first press release where i was kind of introduced to you guys um what made you veer towards choosing 50 percent as uh like one of the leading singles for the song what did i guess what did it mean to you guys conceptually and i'm i guess i'm always just curious where bands and any artist really will choose their single because it's kind of the first representation and idea that people will have so what was it that made you guys gravitate towards that song um yeah sure i mean i know when i know anna has said like um a couple times that the songs about uh she wrote the lyrics about like the divorce rate how like there's a 50 percent chance mm-hmm. i believe um but personally i feel like we just put up the song because i feel like 
um, anyone that we've showed the song to, like, they just seem to love it. And like, whenever we played it live, like people were really into it. And I think the track is interesting also because we had our friend um, add some horns on it. So it's like a little bit different. And I, we just like all of you to be a good single, honestly. Just feels good. And a lot of people like it. For sure. Yeah, it has like a, like a bounce and kind of like a poppiness to it. Yeah. So we felt like uh, putting out something with more of a bounce instead of being like melancholy would definitely help with the, um, the release of the full album in like the next month or so. Yeah, it's very funny with indie music because you, if you look at the bands that are big in the landscape, they they have exactly what you described. It's either upbeat and very poppy, almost like Vampire Weekend. Uh, I forget the name of the song, but like that very, thing. or it's very almost somber or epic. But it's there's never an in between. It's it's usually just one or the yeah. other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what I guess. Uh, to kind of go off of that for a second, I was trying to figure out how to word the question. Um, but what was it about, I guess, what was it about indie rock that really drew you guys in to have that as a genre? Was it something you guys grew up on? Or I, I, I'm also, I genuinely have a curiosity for what gets, there's so many different subsets of rock. So I'm always curious to why people gravitate over to one towards another, or I guess it kind of gives you a little more insight into what they were, how they were growing up as musicians and things like that. So I guess, what was it that made you want to have this be an indie rock project? Uh, Honestly, I think um, it really was just happenstance that I think we just said indie rock this time around. I think we all, Dave and I individually write too, and also bring a lot of riffs along with Anna. So when a lot of the songs sometimes don't sound like the same genre, and so we don't get pigeonholed into certain genres. I know like we all come from different influences too. So um, honestly, I don't think there's like a rhyme or reason why we said indie rock, because a lot of people hear pop, they hear, you know, kind of like retro classic rock. And then there's just a lot of different influences. And especially with Anna too, she came from like, kind of like more of a folky background. So it's really all over the place. So. I guess indie rock just makes it easy for the <laughs> the new listener, you know. Yeah, for sure. No, I, uh, oh, Dave, I totally do, you agree. Agree. do you agree? Or... Yeah, no. I mean, like, I feel like the cool thing about indie rock is that, like, like when I first started getting into it, I realized like there was like this whole like underground scene, and like the music just felt like very genuine. And I feel like that's what like this project is is that like it's just very genuine. Like we didn't have like intentions of it being like indie or anything it just kind of like happened naturally and the funny thing is i feel like that's always been like our struggles like describing the genre and we just feel like indie rock is probably the best one (laughs) that describes us yeah because it's more of a blanket (laughs) yeah like because i think that's the cool thing about our material too is that like even like 50 percent, for example like it's a cool poppy song but then like at the end it does like that uh, like drop thing and it gets kind of like yeah. more deep like melancholy which you know like, I, I think it's cool and like I'm, I'm glad like we write stuff like that like the songs change yeah fair enough um given that you guys are from new jersey and you're on the east coast i as someone who's out in the bay area and out towards northern california um what is where where did you come up with the title santa cruz was that inspired by the city out here or i, I guess what's kind of the story behind it 
Um, Anna wrote the lyrics for that as well. And she, I know, I don't want to speak for her too much, but I know it was yeah. mainly about the mild temperatures and um, her kind of relating it to um, a relationship and how there's, um, how it's dramatized on TV and in the media, but like real relationships with actually all of us are in right now, just longer, more dedicated relationships. It's more of a, a mild mannered experience that, you know, doesn't get portrayed in like, you know, like daily media. So I think she was just kind of relating the temperature to the, um, to relationship, I believe. Definitely. Well, so the other thing that I think is interesting is all of the, like, if you look at the song titles on FOMO, Learning to Surf, Cowabunga, Santa Cruz, it's all got a very kind of, not everything, but there's kind of a, a, a beach, more laid back kind of vibe to it. Was that anything that was, was that maybe inspired by where you guys live? Because I know that New Jersey does have uh there is a beach and there is like it, it is on the coast i mean i guess where did where did the overall vibe and the idea for the, i guess the kind of tone you wanted to set with the record come from um i feel like honestly i feel like it wasn't intentional it was just something that like kind of happened like okay. the cowabunga the cowabunga thing the we were we came up with that riff by just jamming like we were jamming and then like t i think tom like just started like playing the wrist and then we like got together and then we like you know put the song together and then i think we like just named it like jokingly and then <laughs> and then the what we would always do is like we were like all right like this song would be like cool to open up with so we would like open up with that song and then we would also sometimes start to jam and then that would be part of the opening act is that we would jam and then go into cowabunga and then we were like, all right, well, why don't we just play off of Cowabunga and call the jam, you know, learning to surf and make that like the first track on the album, you know, which is like kind of cool because uh, I, I guess you're just saying, but like it wasn't intentional, I don't think. <laughs> Do you yeah. think so, Tom? No, it definitely wasn't. There's um, we we play a lot in Asbury Park, which is um, about uh, 40 minutes um, away from us, and it's on the the coast and it has a really vibrant music scene right now yeah that's, that's um, where surf and skate festival used to be right correct yeah yes okay um there's such an amazing scene that we're just like uh really happy to be a part of down there and although none of us like surf um or like consider ourselves um as we park like locals i think it just kind of I don't know, it just seeped into the album somehow, you know, not on purpose. It's just like we were just naming titles yeah. for fun, you know. Definitely. I just pick I pick up on weird little things all the time, so I always, I mean, that's my, I guess my quote-unquote job as doing, as doing journalism and doing a podcast and all that is, I have to kind of pick things apart. So I always look for interesting little things, and sometimes it amounts to, there's a whole deep reasoning behind it that's like a 12 layer plan and then sometimes it's like nah we just felt like it was it, it just worked that way so i always have to ask <laughs> yeah. i then i guess the next thing i wanted to ask was obviously the term fomo stands for fear of missing out it's something that's become very it, it's a term that's been very used in culture at least as i've seen over the past at least the past like five to five to eight years if i'm going to estimate that but what is that title represent in terms of uh any kind of meaning behind the album 
Tom, do you? Um, well, honestly, we like you said before, we we honestly didn't go into like a deep meaning behind FOMO. I know internally for us, one of the songs that um, we played over the last two years that didn't make the album is actually called FOMO. So we left FOMO off of FOMO, which is just a fun little joke for us. But I mean, like you said in media, FOMO is like an actual condition now especially with, you know, the, the continued growth of social media and just, um, it's like an actual disease now. And I don't yeah. think we purposely like wrote the album around that. It was just kind of like a term that we've thrown around since our kind of like our inception. And it's just, it kind of just stuck. We didn't want to, I don't know, I guess spend too much time trying to come up with a album title. We're more like laid back. So I just it kind of just sat right dave i mean honestly no i totally agree it was like we were trying to come up with the title name and that, like naming things are so hard and so we were just someone just threw it out they're like how about fomo and honestly it just seemed to like it was just perfect to me because you know it's i feel like it was like a good representation of the album and it was also like a trendy word so i feel like it was like a good fit mm-hmm. for sure when you're in, when you guys were in the studio and you were recording this, and you have that, I guess it, to to step back a little bit uh, and kind of relate it to the question I was asking. There was a question I'd asked towards the beginning about Santa Cruz and Coffee Sunday being standalone singles, but I also meant to ask between the period of that EP and the period uh, when you were writing the music that would be on this this record. I guess what did you maybe notice as uh, as songwriters and how you guys developed over, I mean, that's a four year period of time. What was it that you maybe noticed in terms of the way you guys wrote songs in terms of the way you acted as a unit together? Um, and I guess what stuck out to you most about that with the whole process of writing the album? I think, uh, honestly, I think our writing matured a lot over that time. And we've written so much music beyond actually our album. So we've, we have so many songs that um, we have now that we're sitting on that aren't on the album. So we're even growing since this is going to be released. So it's going to continue. But um, I don't know. I think we're just as a unit, we have this kind of family mentality, a real organic vibe that, um, I don't know. It's just, it, it was kind of so natural. And, um, this, this, uh, this album itself is we've cut our teeth with it for, um, such a long time that we're just so happy it, it's finally out. Dave, do you have anything to add? No, I mean, I a hundred percent agree. Like, I think the cool thing about the songwriting thing is like, again, like we just kind of like let it happen naturally and like what feels right. But then also at the same time, like, we're like, okay, like what can make the song more interesting? Like there has to be like that healthy balance, I feel like i think for example the song that we're releasing tomorrow uh shout like anna had these chords and the chords were cool and i was like playing along and then we both agreed that like i could probably try to do something more interesting and at the time like i think her and i were both listening to uh, built to spill and i i always thought they like did like these cool like chord outlinings and stuff and so like that's what i tried doing and i you know we both felt like the riff that I was eventually coming up with was like the right fit for the song you know it kept it more interesting 
Yeah, and just like even just in our ways of practicing and uh, and recording at uh, at Lake House Studios, we just learn so much as musicians individually as well as a unit on like what's um, just like how to record in a live setting and also get that vintage sound that we wanted from like the 60s and 70s. So it's just so much refinement between practicing the songs and little parts like Dave mentioned and just, I don't know, it's just like, it's it's crazy that it's finally going to be out in a few weeks. I know um, we just work so hard for it. Yeah, no, we definitely we definitely spent hours recording. This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna so, so. I, was, I was gonna say what sounds were you trying to I don't know if emulates the right word, but what sounds were you I guess kind of you kind of trying to achieve when you were referencing these vintage seventies and eighties sounds in terms of if there were bands or acts that you were trying to kind of uh, I guess that inspired you. I think um, for me, like what happened was I like. For the EP Tom Foolery, I had a Stratocaster, and I love Strats. Um, but then I was like, you know, like you know, I want to get a different guitar, like get like a different tone. And I got my uh, Gibson SG that I have now, the Les Paul Custom, which I love. And so that was definitely a warmer sounding guitar. And then, we, like, you know, we loved what happened with the EP quality wise, but we were like, you know what, like we want to go for like a warmer sound, you know. And so we went to Lake House. We know Eric um, from playing in the local music scene with him. And, you know, we knew we wanted to get a warmer sound. And the tones just ended up being, like, perfect, honestly. Yeah. He's a, t- he's a tone master. <laughs> yeah. He's, he, um, he's, Eric is just insane. He's just so, yeah. uh, just like a natural ear and a build. He's so talented, yeah. Yeah. And um, he loves obviously the Beatles as much as the us four love the Beatles. So just the certain techniques, how we're recording drums and different amps and, um, they have so much old gear there that I think it just kind of seeped into the sound of the album. Um, yeah, you know, no, I totally agree. And the cool thing about working with Eric was that he was just super easy to work with. He was like the type of guy where he was like, He'll let you fill it out, but he'll also tell you, like, what he thinks, like, will be cool. And so, like, like I remember, like, for the Bring Your Kids to Work Day solo, it, like, we were recording it. And, like, you know, I was just doing, like, just, like, was distorted guitar or whatever. But then I was, like, I literally said to him, I was, like, Eric, like, I want to make this sound, like, more fucked up. His eyes just, like, <laughs> lit up. And he was so happy. He was, like, yes. Like, you know. But yeah. it, 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 it was just a lot of fun to work with, you know. And he was, like, open to things like that. And, like, you know, we, we the communication is key, you know. And he was a very easy guy to work with. Yeah. He, he allows a lot for experimentation, which is nice. And he doesn't sit there and he, he wasn't like, okay, let's wrap it up. He was, like, constantly, no. like, no. no, we need to make this sound even more left field you know like crazier stuff so he's um he helped a lot yeah yeah perfect that i mean that question or that answer answered a lot of other follow-ups that i was going to ask so that was perfect in terms of like talking about because i was going to ask you about your producer and all that stuff so that's that's perfect um no it's it's great that uh i guess the the only other question that i really had i guess was 
given that this, you guys, had, you'd said it before, that you've been working on this album for so long, it's been a huge work in progress, um, and it's finally going to be out in a few weeks. What do you hope that people take away from it? How do you get started here? Um, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think, I think uh, this, this album wasn't a concept album. And like I said, like we said before, although we're, we're beating a dead horse, like these songs, although they have different themes, um, I think what the what we just wanted to show is kind of our family kind of laid back fun vibe that I feel like is missing in a lot of indie music. Um, I don't know, recently, I, I know the genres of like emo and and, and DIY kind of emo kind of feel are very popular now. And um, I don't know, I feel like this album, we just want people, I don't know, just to cheer someone up, you know, <laughs> just if they, yeah. it just brings like a, a smile or, you know, that's, I mean, that's all I ask for personally. I mean, Dave, I don't know about you. No, I a hundred percent agree with like, cause I feel like when, like I create music and especially like these guys, like I want it to like have an impact on people. Like, cause I know there's times where like, I've listened to an album and I was like, wow, like I needed to hear that. Like I really connected it with it. And um, it was just funny. Like, you know, I know Tom and I have said uh, multiple times <laughs> that the, there wasn't any like intentional theme, which there wasn't, but like, I feel like personally at the same time, when I look back at it now, I feel like there is like, um, because like we wrote all of these songs when when um, we were like in college, just graduating, yeah. transitioning into like you know adulthood, and like I feel like at the same time like they didn't have any meaning then, but I feel like now when I look at them now, it's more of like a they're like coming of age songs, you know, because I feel like they're the big step for us of like compared to our last EP in terms of like you know the thought process behind the songs and like how we approach the songs and you know I, I think all four of us are like really proud of this record given that we're on the west coast we're going to leave you with santa cruz a track from the band's debut album fomo out now you can follow the vons by checking out their music on spotify apple music and following them across social media and the show notes we've provided below you can also follow shameless sf the site the site that hosts this podcast by visiting the website links provided in the show notes as well We'll see you next Wednesday with a brand new episode, but for now, here's Santa Cruz by the Vons.